Happy Monday and welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. I am so excited to be here with you all for this amazing month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. We are going to have some very thought-provoking conversations and hopefully some conversations that will cause you to do several things that we'll get into in a few. But before we do that, I want to say thank you to all of the new listeners who are tuning in. Listen, if you are a first-time listener, do me a favor, make sure that you Uh, go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. And for those of you all that are returning, the Dream Team, thank you so much as well. This podcast would not be possible without you all. Guys, we made it. We're in May. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. This is what the 31 Days of Power book originally came from, like literally three years ago. And so there is so much to cover. But I wanted to do justice to this new book, The 31 Days of Power, um, which you can get at richardtaylorjr.com by really just starting from the top, but I want to kind of approach it differently. So today's conversation, we're going to talk about being shameless, right? But not just being shameless in any form or fashion. I want to talk about being shameless when it comes to your mental health. And the reason why I want to do this, actually several reasons, right? I would say about four in total. The first one is that I think as we start the conversation off from the actual 31 Days of Power book, the first chapter is called, We All Have a Mental Health. And I think that this is so important because um, for so long, we have heard it talked about in different ways, shapes, and form. And so with that being said, I wanted to start with this conversation of We All Have a Mental Health um, a few years back at a conference that I was doing. And at this conference, when I said it, Literally, like the gripes and the groans that came from certain people in the room really spoke to, I believe, this idea that we didn't necessarily have like a full understanding and a full embracing of our mental health. Right. So as I go through this conversation, I'm breaking it down. And some of you all have heard the story before, but I'm breaking it down for people saying like, wait, it's not not to say that we all have mental health issues, but it's to say that we all have a mind. We all have emotions, right? The same way that we all have a physical body, a physical health that requires our attention, our time, and our investment. We've got to take care of it. Nothing big about that, right? And I think as it was explained, people started to understand. And one lady in the conference during this Q&A session for this keynote that I had actually made the point to say, wow, I really like how you said that. I really like how you put that together and worded it. Where did you hear it from? And I was like, honestly, I've never heard it before. I was like, some things just come to me in the heat of the battle. And this was one of those times. And so for me, um, I, I really wanted to put this out here first. This is the first reason why I think it's important for us to be shameless. And this is because of the fact that when we talk about having just general overall a mental health, it is something that every last human being on earth possesses. That's not a bad thing. We all have this mental health and we all have a responsibility to make sure that we're taking care of said mental health. And so I really want you all to just take some time with that. Look, if you need to wrestle with it, that's fine, because I know for some, it is a hard pill to swallow in thinking that, oh, man, I have a mental health, but it's not your fault. A lot of it comes from the fact of how it has been presented and produced to us for so long. Right. 
it is easy for us to immediately hear mental health and our mind goes to an individual with issues or any kind of struggles or a diagnosis or a label, but that's not the case. It's simply to say, you have a mind, you have emotions, and those two mental and emotional health components, they can be triggered damage depending on what happens in life, depending on what takes place, depending on the circumstances that you find yourself in. This is not a bad thing. My second piece, I actually just touched on it. And this is the second reason why I want to talk about being shameless. Because of the fact that there has been such a skewed, misconstrued, and I believe um, ignorance towards people that actually have been diagnosed or labeled with having mental health struggles or issues, right? And I think that this is so important too, because for so long, when we see the label put out, when we see or hear things said about people who struggle, what we tend to find a lot of times is that there is a negative stigma behind it. That stigma is what links us over into the stigma of general mental health as well, right? So I want us to be able to break the stigma with this, right? And so one of the things that I've been doing in those conversations of we all have a mental health is that I take some time to really just pause for a second. And as we take our pause, I I, I wanna make sure that I'm affirming the individuals in the room, in the Zoom call or whatever else, that might actually be diagnosed or might find themselves dealing with mental health issues of any facet. And that is this, just because you have been labeled with a diagnosis, just because you struggle and you find yourself dealing with issues, it does not make you any less of a person. It does not make you any less qualified than the individuals who might not be struggling. It does not make you a waste of space. It does not mean that your life's purpose is torment when it comes to the mental and emotional issues that you find yourself dealing with. It does not mean that your best days are behind you. Just because you struggle mentally and emotionally, just because you have the diagnosis, I want to affirm you and let you know that you are still worthy. Worthy of what, Richard? You're still worthy of a great life. You're still worthy of great love when it comes to friends and families. You're worthy of great love when it comes to a romantic relationship that will give you what you need from a standpoint of that love, that human interaction that so many of us desire. You're still worthy of that. You're still worthy of being able to go out and pursue your dreams and your goals. All of these things that we usually have without the diagnosis, you are still worthy of. And I want to make sure that I'm very cautious and taking time to explain this and to just affirm this for whoever needs it. You're still beautiful. You still have so much power about yourself when it comes to the benefit and the extra um, neededness that you add to the existence and the life of people, whether they are individuals around you that you come in contact with or people who watch you from afar. There is so much about you that is going to be needed even though you struggle. And I'm saying this because all of those affirming pieces 
are enough for you to be able to look at this from a different lens and walk shameless and be shameless and be unashamed when it comes to the fact that yes, even though I struggle, it does not take away from the amazing person that I am and from all that I bring to this space that we call life, to the lives of individuals around me, right? And so in order to break the stigma, I have been using this, we all have a mental health component and I wanna encourage you all to use it as well, to, to literally go out and talk to people and, and let them know like when you're having conversations with folks, when somebody opens up, you might be trying to figure out how do I break the barrier? Because they might feel like, oh, you don't struggle with what I struggle with and you don't have mental health issues. Hey, but guess what? Even though I don't have the issues per se, even though I don't have the diagnosis, I can at least start at this gateway here that says, hey, I might not have that, but what I do have is a mental health, I have empathy, and I have an understanding that even though I don't suffer with said struggles right now, it doesn't mean that if I'm not, and this is gonna be my third point, being proactive rather than reactive within it, I can find myself in the space where I'm getting beat down from time to time by my struggles, by my mental and emotional issues, right? And so this is the third point that I wanna leave you all when it comes to the we all have a mental health piece, right? We have got to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to our mental and emotional health, right? This means that when you have finished wrestling with the idea that you have a mental health, you can now start to say, hey, I've acknowledged it. This is something that I agree with and I understand. Now that I know that I simply have a brain, a mind that receives so much data that can incur uh, so much stress that can take in trauma at a given moment. Once I've come to that grip, I can now say, what do I need to do to allow myself to make sure that I'm being proactive with said mental health? What do I need to do when it comes to just simply putting some good barriers up to make sure that I'm taking care of myself ahead of time and not having to try and figure this thing out on the back burner when it's all gone to crap? What things can you implement now that will be of benefit and of help so that when trauma does come, when a trigger does finally hit you that speaks to you, you don't have to fall victim and go down this big spiraling rabbit hole, but rather you've been equipped enough to say, hey, this hurt. I definitely got some feelings about it. I'm not perfect, right? I definitely am holding some kind of grudge or anger or frustration or sadness or fear, whatever it might be. With you acknowledging and being proactive, it doesn't mean that you won't have some uphill battles, but I can guarantee you that the uphill battles that you have will not be nearly as difficult because you've set the foundation to be proactive and making sure that you were taking care of yourself from a standpoint of how you invest into your mental. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you eating? What are you consuming in every area of your life that will do you a favor and boost you 
in the good times. That way, when the bad comes, you've already been equipped. Being proactive is so important because what we tend to have happen, unfortunately, a lot of times is that we react and, and depending on the severity of the situation, when we react, if we can be honest, depending on the severity of the situation, depending on the severity of the trauma or the trigger, sometimes our reactions can be life-threatening. And I want to break this down real quick. Guys, for those of you all that don't know, from the age of 10 to 20, I dealt with depression, anxiety, and multiple suicide attempts throughout that 10-year span. And for me growing up, it was not something to be talked about because we had so many different codes of what happens in this house stays in this house or the fact that I grew up in the church. And so from a religious background, it was always you're not praying hard enough or you're not doing enough. And then from the the background of being, you know, a young black man, it was, oh, your ancestors were slaves. They had it worse then you combine that with the fact that, you know, for so long, obviously, I think that parents, even in their good spiritedness of trying to do the right things or trying to find the right things to say, didn't always have it. And so because they didn't always have it, it was easy to say, I provide everything that you need. You have no reason to be sad, not understanding that when we talk about the mental health piece, it's not always coming from provision, specifically monetary, right? When it comes to, yes, I'm grateful for the roof over my head. Yes, I'm grateful for the food that I'm able to eat, but that's not where my struggle is coming from. That is not what's pulling me down and beating me down, right? Like, no, that is not the thing that I feel is keeping me weighed so heavy. This is an internal battle. And so, because of all of this, I stayed in silence for so long. And as more traumas kind of happened between not being able to play football anymore because of an enlarged heart to getting to college and gaining 170 pounds and just physically just becoming just, man, just, just a wreck failing in college, right? Like literally, I'm talking my GPA for three semesters straight, 1.4, 1 1.5, 1 1.6 academic probation, being in an abusive relationship, having issues back at home with my parents, trying to figure this out, feeling rejection, feeling the fear, feeling the anger. And through all of this, I never, I never did anything to try and figure out the issue, to try and deal with the issue. So literally, I had these small spurts where I would take an object to my skin. I would do different things. I would try and end myself. I would try and take myself out because I felt like a waste of space. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I felt like life was not for me. And in all of that, it led to one trigger over them all leading me to my final suicide attempt where I ended up taking a blade down my wrist five times and cutting my arm open and literally almost ending my life had to be rushed to the ER. Like, I get it. I, I wholly get it. And so because I get it, this is why I'm putting it out there. My reaction in that one moment 
because of the fact that I did not seek out help earlier because of, of whatever it was, whether it was justified reasoning or excuses that I was making or the fear or whatever, the truth is, is that I reacted and that reaction almost costed me my life. And this is why I'm encouraging us to make sure that we are being careful when it comes to being proactive rather than reactive. But this leads me to my final point, too, because I feel like the the proactive and reactive part is a double edged sword. Obviously, yes, we have a responsibility to be proactive and reactive. But I think for those of us who have taken the stand to say, I want to walk with people and I want to help people who struggle. I want to be a kind person, right? That being kind is not enough, right? Because you can be kind, but you can still be unintentional in your kindness. Wow, I'm going to have to add that somewhere soon. We can be kind in gesture. That's great. I'm not taken away from it. But I, th- I think that we sometimes have these moments where even in being kind to people, we're not intentional with our kindness. It's kind of like a sales agent, right? You go in, you look at a car, right? Or you go in and, and you, you're looking at something to purchase and maybe it's a big purchase, right? And as you go in for the purchase, maybe you don't make a decision that day, but you came in with the intention to look. That's our kindness. We come in with the intention to be kind, right? And in this interaction of kindness, you have a sales agent who, of course, because they want your business, they're going to be kind. They're going to they're going to be everything that that's needed in that moment. But what happens when you necessarily don't leave that same day with whatever the product is that you were looking to buy? They do follow ups and they are intentional with their follow-ups because why they want your business they want that quota they want that residual let's be honest but for those of us that are kind it's great to, to to be a naturally kind individual my push my charge and my little challenge for you in this whole idea of being proactive rather than reactive proactivity takes intentionality So it's not just being proactive one time. Yes, I always talk about how we have those one-offs where you never know how a smile or a word of encouragement or whatever can help a person instantaneously in the moment, right? Yes, totally agree. I'm not taking away from that. But what I'm saying is, is, hey, as we dive deeper into wanting to be, you know, better about, hey, how, how can I, how can I make sure that I'm staying up to par and staying up to cue with helping people who might be going through mentally and emotionally just on a regular day to day. This is it right here. It's like studying for a test. You always look for opportunities to be it. Always look for opportunities to do it. Let your kindness become so intentional to where people feel it and maybe not just feel it, but they also expect it. And when they expect it, you 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 are there, you provide it, right? People look for you. In the the downest of times, people hope that they get a chance to run past you, to to have an encounter with you, whether through social media or in person or on the phone or through email, whatever it might be. Be intentional. Be intentional in the love that you pour out. Lean in deeper with people. If somebody tells you how maybe something that you did in one moment was helpful, you'll stay in touch with that person. 
Make sure you're leaning into them because you are helping the second side of the sword, which is as individuals who care for people, how are we being proactive so that we don't have to be reactive later on? I think about so many times where in the past I heard about a person taking their life or maybe not even taking their life, right? Like I I would hear my dad all the time or other family members when they talked about people from their past that maybe just passed away, right? And um, one of the common themes that we hear in these moments is, man, I I wish I would have reached out to them because I was just thinking about them. Darn, like I missed that opportunity, right? This is a common thing. What I'm encouraging you all to do is say, hey, don't allow it to be a missed opportunity. If somebody is on your mind ahead of time, if there's an individual that you crossed paths with and, 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 and you've got their contact info, don't be afraid to reach out. Be shameless in that. Be unashamed in that. Maybe it's a person that you've seen from time to time at a grocery store. Don't be afraid to pop your head in. Like, literally, I do this a lot. I, I kid you not. And I feel like a weirdo. I'm not going to hold y'all. I feel like a weirdo when I do it. But every time I'm always in that space of confirmation after it's done where they were like, man, thank you so much for for just just doing this, because I was having a a day or I've been kind of having a a rough time. And the fact that somebody thought about me and decided to just peek their head in and say, hey, it, it it makes a difference. And when I hear that from people, I'm always like, man, all right, as weird as it might feel, though, you've been called to this. You've been called to be this and to do this for people. And this is what people need. But here's the beauty of it, though. It helps us to not have to be reactive because what we're doing is kind of setting some foundation in place to where that person, that comment that you made to them, that that intentionality of kindness, that intentionality of sticking your head in, that intentionality of just simply checking in. What it's done is, if for nothing else, it gave them a reason to go on for another day. It gave them a reason to move forward and to really give life another try and to just keep trying to be their best selves throughout the process of life that they're dealing with. So in those four areas, can we learn to be shameless? Can we learn to walk an unashamed life to where we understand that we all have a mental health? Let's be unashamed. Let's be shameless in that mental health and and embracing it and helping others to embrace theirs and to build a community when we talk about a community approach a community-based approach to mental health because therapists and psychotherapists and counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists like they are at their wits end when it comes to the fact that they have so much and sometimes the demand is usually outweighing the resource but what happens if we as a community okay yeah we don't have degrees fine we don't necessarily have all the paperwork but what do you have i think about the speech that I heard from back in the 60s, um, what's in your hands, right? And uh, God, uh, uh, his name was on the tip of my tongue. Um, there was It was a speech that was done by a, a member of Congress, I believe. Um, Powell, Powell, Powell was his last name. Forgive me because I, I don't want to butcher it. But um, in, this, in this speech of what's in your hands, he went through all of these different components. He talked about Moses having a speech impediment, but even with Moses, Moses's speech impediment, God is literally like, I've called you to lead people. What's in your hands? You might look at yourself 
you you might be the the blind person who doesn't have much when it comes to I can't see but your vision goes well beyond what you can physically see what's in your hands you might be the individual that maybe you were the outcast or the underdog growing up but there's such a great power inside of you what's in your hands let this be the question that you ask yourself David a little shepherd boy who for all intents and purposes was looked down upon as just a sheep herder but ended up becoming a king why because he took the time to evaluate what was in his hands he became shameless with what he possessed the power inside of him the ideas the creativity the boldness the heart the caring the meekness the kindness when we embrace those things these are the things that are in our hands and when we fully tap into them what happens we start to function at a higher level in our gifting in our talents and in our calling which speaks greater to our purpose this is how we become shameless enough to take the leap to go out and be a voice for the voiceless and to help those who need it this is our message for today we all have a mental health and it's time for us to be shameless in it. It's time for us to walk in it, to embrace it, to be proactive in it, to help those who might be struggling. And even if you are struggling, guess what? You are still just as valuable as the person who doesn't. And it's time for us to make sure that we are embracing what we have in our hands. Family, listen, if this conversation helped you all today, and I know we went a little longer, but got to move how it moves, right? If this conversation helps you, I need you to do me a favor. Make sure you share it screenshot it tag me in it instagram richard.taylorjr facebook and linkedin richard l taylor jr uh twitter is at truly taylor made don't forget you can get your copy of the 31 days of power book please get your copy of the 31 days of power book from richardtaylorjr.com we've got some amazing things happening some folks have actually purchased it as um, a gift set because they're running book clubs with the book this month and they're meeting with their friends doing you know their their distance meetings and their zoom meetings and all of that having conversations around the 31 days of power i'm going to be doing conversations every day on social media with different guests and sometimes by myself and sometimes i'm gonna just be doing drop-ins i just want to hear from you i want to do drop-ins and we're going to do drop-ins and we will talk and we will take time because i think it's important so make sure you stay in the loop with me. As always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dreams.